the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. But here we can't remain. But since thou bidst us leave the mount, then do me a favor, God. Come with me to the plain. Since thou bidst us leave the mount, come with us to the plain. Erica Harold, she knew what it meant to be on top of a mountain. So it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful face. Skills, operatic voice, 23 years of age, graduating from the U of I, going on to Harvard Law School. Wins the Miss Illinois pageant in 2002. The very next year, she's in the Miss America pageant. Such a strong, strong, strong Christian. And she looks at the events in her life at such a young age, and she gives all glory to God. God, if you want this to happen, then I know you'll make it happen. If this would not be good for me and my life, then it shall not happen. Thy will be done. When it comes to the Miss America pageant, she is one of the finalists, which means the committee grills her, ask her one question after another making sure there's nothing hidden there, wanting to know what she's like on the inside and outside, because for a one-year period of time, she is going to represent that pageant as Miss America. She's going to be all over this country and all over this world. They asked her a question, did the interview committee, she interjected God as he answered the question. They asked her another question, She interjects her Lord and Savior as part of the answer to that question. And every time they ask her a question, her Christian faith comes shining through. Because see, like the Apostle Paul in Romans 1.16, she was not afraid, she was not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God in her life. And at 23 years of age, she was not afraid to speak his name. One of the women on the committee stood up and said to her, Young lady, if you keep mentioning your Christian faith, you will never, never, never become Miss America. And Erica Harold said to the woman and the committee, He is the most important thing in my life. I will not be silenced about the most important thing in my life. He is far more important than winning the Miss America pageant. She won the Miss America pageant. And last spring, 2018, she was running for political office here in the state of Illinois. Erica Harold's. I am not ashamed of the gospel, one could say, part two. But this goes on forever. 
I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ. It's the power of God unto salvation. People look at Jesus and they put him into different categories. Not ashamed of his death on the cross, but I'm a little bit embarrassed to say that he's walking on the water and turning water into wine. Got a little bit of difficulty with that. I'm not ashamed of his teachings. Very wise man. But I am ashamed of the fact they actually believe that he was the son of God. I believe this part of Jesus, but I don't believe this part of Jesus. I believe these miracles, but I don't believe he he was born of a virgin. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Because I'm not ashamed of the one whom it proclaims. And the one whom the Bible proclaims without dissecting him and saying, I'm going to believe this part, but not that part. Not ashamed of the divine founder of Christianity, our Lord and Savior Jesus. Not ashamed of the fact that Christ is eternal Son of God. That though he was equal to God, he did not think uh, equality with God something to be grasped. But he emptied himself, as we enter the season of Lent. He emptied himself, became obedient unto death, even death on the cross. And because of this, because he was not ashamed, we are not ashamed of the gospel. Jesus was not ashamed to become the gospel. Because he emptied himself, took on him the form of a servant, was made in the likeness of man, died on the cross. Because of this, God has given him a name which is above every name. That's why we sang the opening hymn with Satan. Because of this, God has given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow. Things in heaven, his angels, things on earth, things under the earth, Satan and his hordes. Every knee should bow and every tongue proclaim Jesus as Lord. The carpenter's son. And he builds a life for us on this earth, not with hammer and nails. The carpenter's son, and he builds a mansion for us in heaven. Not with hammer and nails, but with his precious blood shed on Calvary's cross. And I'm not ashamed of him. I must have a Christ who can not only teach me and guide me and inspire me, but he must be able to save me and those we love. And only Jesus, the Son of God, can do that. If I need a Savior because I'm sinful, if I'm not ashamed to say, hey man, I sin in thoughts, and hey, I sin in words, and hey, I sin in deeds, if not ashamed to say, I'm sinful in so many ways. If Martin Luther is not ashamed to say, I sing, I sin every single day. Then I'm not ashamed to say, I need someone to save me from my sins. I need a Savior who is very God of very God. Why should I be ashamed? The only one who can walk hand in hand with me through every parameter or circumstance that this life will ever bring me. And why should I be ashamed of the one who's got my son, my mom, my dad, and a 
hundreds of my friends with him up there. Why should I be ashamed of him? If, I get a, if I've got a good car mechanic, when someone's new to the church and says, can you point me to a good car mechanic, I'm not ashamed to give out a name and a number. Someone asked me for a good dentist, a good doctor, a good accountant. Not ashamed to speak forth of that. You need a plumber? Call me. I'll give you his name. Why would I ever be ashamed to pronounce his name? Bravo for the Erica Heralds. Bravo for the Martin Luthers. Bravo for the coach there at Clemson. Bravo for his freshman quarterback. Bravo for the coach at Philadelphia Eagles and his starting quarterback. Bravo for any Christian. Boogie Cousins of Golden State. <laughs> as angry a man as he is, as you put a microphone in front of him, he will say, God knows where I'm supposed to be. God be praised for any single human being on a commuter train or in a locker room at Sandberg High School. God be praised for any human being. Fraternity brother there at the U of I who's not ashamed to speak his name as if we ought to be embarrassed when we bring out him. Not ashamed of the great miracle by which he came on this earth. Do I believe in the virgin birth? Absolutely, I believe in the virgin birth. If he creates this universe out of nothing, why could he not have a virgin conceived of the Holy Spirit of God? I'm there at Disney three weeks ago, me and Connie and uh, Josh and Rachel and the grandchildren. I'm sitting there listening, watching this phantasmic, whatever it's called, this light show. And as I'm watching it, here's the weird thoughts that go through my mind. If man can come up with some way to project pictures of human beings on water that's spraying up, why could God not create some way for us to live after the body breathes its last? And if mankind has that ability beyond explanation... Why could God not create this universe out of nothing? Not using magic tricks, people, but actually doing it. And as I get hooked on that other show, America's Got Talent, and I watch some magician do things that are just not possible, and if I watched it in super slow motion for a thousand years, I would still not see what he is doing. If mankind can do these things, what can God do? 1 Corinthians 1, 21, 125. The foolishness of God is wiser than any man, and the weakness of God is stronger than any man. Not ashamed of that virgin birth, it was a piece of cake to God. Not ashamed to say he created everything. Saying to a guy at Lurie's Children's Hospital a couple of weeks ago, I'll mention more of him later in the service. But I'm sitting there talking about God and he doesn't believe in him. I said, how did all this happen? said, just was. I took off my watch and say, did this just was? Or did a Timex have something to do with this? 
I'm not ashamed of him. Not ashamed of his miracles. That which I just mentioned about Disney. That which I just mentioned about some magician. Not ashamed of his miracles. We read it every year, the New Testament lesson on a Transfiguration Sunday. Because that's what Peter's writing about 30 years of it happened. Simon Peter said, this wasn't magic, it wasn't myth, it wasn't legend. We were eyewitnesses of his majesty on that holy mountain. We were eyewitnesses of the 35 miracles that are recorded and the hundreds that are not recorded. We were eyewitnesses of these things. Who else could do what he did Nicodemus comes to Jesus, John chapter 3, and he says to Jesus, I'm coming to you, Jesus, because no one could do the miracles you did unless he be from God. And when I stand in your presence, Jesus, understand that I'm standing in the presence of God. I'm a member of the Sanhedrin. We're going to vote on your execution. I'm coming to you at night because I'm embarrassed for anyone to see me. Because of the group that I belong to. What happened to him after Jesus died? After Jesus died, Nicodemus, a member of the Sanhedrin, was not ashamed of him anymore. He said, Joseph Arimathea and myself, we want the body of Jesus. We publicly want the body of Jesus. We're going to bury it in Joseph's tomb. I am not ashamed of him anymore. I'm ashamed of what we did to him, but I'm not ashamed of him. Thief on the cross. It was easy for him when he was hanging next to Jesus when it all started. It was easy for him, even with Jesus' mother standing there, to curse and mock this man Jesus. Even with his mother standing there, the words that came out of his mouth. But it's two hours later, and all of a sudden he's not ashamed to proclaim Jesus. He didn't whisper to Jesus, the words were heard and recorded. He said, Jesus, uh, remember me when you come into your kingdom. I believe in you. Remember me when you come into your kingdom. Not ashamed, not ashamed, not ashamed, not ashamed. Not ashamed. I Googled it this past week. Mixed reviews. I Googled how many Christians are executed every year on this earth. Some said 20,000, some said 50,000, some said 100,000. 10 to 15,000 missionaries every year given the opportunity to renounce their faith in order to save their lives. And they do not renounce their faith. For 160 years, we've had confirmation classes here. And they are confirmed on Palm Sunday. And for 160 years, those who are confirmed, including many of you, the last statement a pastor shower I give to them. Will you retain your faith in Jesus 
even unto the point of death. Will you proclaim your faith in Jesus even unto the point of death? And for 160 years, the students, the confirmants have said, so we shall by the grace and the strength of God. So we shall. So we shall. I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Closing words. Connie and I are out east maybe a decade ago. And we walked through a cemetery. I believe David Hume, the great atheist, was buried in that cemetery. It's very, very old. As we're looking at the gravestones, I noticed one that has a lot of writing on it. I said, Connie, we've got to go over there. The gravestone itself was crumbling, but someone had made sure that the words on that gravestone were clearly visible. And it said something along this line. It said, those who are great writers, their words follow them. After they've been dead for a hundred years or two hundred years, their words are still read. The great artists, when they die, their paintings remain for a hundred years, two hundred years. But the great orators, which this man buried in that cemetery must have been, but the great orators have no way of having their words pass on from one generation to the next. Now, obviously, we do, but not when that man died. The teachings of Jesus, the words of earthly writers, the ideas and philosophies of earthly writers, they have their time in the sun, and then they disappear. What was a bestseller 30 years ago could never, never, never be a bestseller today. Too many things change. Can you tell me, Lee Strobel would tell me, he would say, the word of God, its eternality is proof of the existence of God. Thank you, Lee Strobel. Can you tell me how this Bible remains effective? Martin Luther, born 1483, 62 years later he dies. At his funeral, words Promises, verses from this book are read. When Billy Graham dies a couple of years ago at his funeral, the same scripture readings were used at his funeral. Someone getting married in 1000 A.D., scripture read. Someone married yesterday by yours truly here in his sanctuary, the scriptures read. The first service this church ever had, October 1859, the scripture read. And today, this morning, and next week, and the following week, Pastor Sauer, myself, Gary Schmitke, will be using the same book we used 160 years ago. And would any of you say how outdated the church is, how outdated the Bible is, Using something that old. You realize that some of the hymns you sung, you sing were written, their text was written 
in like 400 A.D. And 1,600 years later, we're singing those same hymns. Why? Because those hymns are from the Scriptures. The theology in those hymns are from the Scriptures. That's why they endure. Why would you ever, ever, ever be ashamed to say to someone, I'm going to pray for you. Why would you ever, ever, ever be ashamed to say to someone, let me talk with you. Because I went through the same thing, and God helped me. Let me talk with you. Why would you ever be ashamed of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords? We did not follow cleverly invented miserly tales when we revealed to you our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, We were eyewitnesses not of his magic. We were eyewitnesses of the glory of God manifested in him and through him. We're going to sing onward Christian soldiers at the end of this service, Transfiguration Sunday. If Jesus set his face steadfastly to Jerusalem after Moses and Elijah gave him a pep talk, When you and I leave this place, when three billion of God's children march forth into the plain, be bold for him. In our Savior's name, amen. Would you rise as we pray? I can't stop talking about Jesus. He is the most important thing in my life. And I'd rather be his child than to be Miss America any day. I'd rather proclaim him and live for him. And so she did, and still does. And so I pray, shall we, in our Savior's name, amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.